at the start before the beginning of time With no point of reference You spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light And as you speak Galaxies are born In the vapor of your breath The planets form If the stars are made to worship So will I I can see your heart In everything you Every burning star, a signal fire of grace. If creation sings your praises, so will I. Speak in vain, no syllable empty or void. For once you have spoken, all nature and science follow the sound of your voice. Ooh, and as you speak, a billion creatures catch your breath evolving in pursuit of what you said if it all reveals your nature so will I I can see your heart in everything you say every pain sky a canvas of your grace if creation still obeys you so will I The sum of all our praises still falls shy. 
of salvation You chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride On a hill you created Light of the world abandoned in darkness to die And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Where you lost your life so I could find it here. If you left your grave behind you, so will I. I can see your heart in Everything you've done Every part designed in a work of art called love If you gladly chose surrender, so will I I can see your heart a billion different ways Every precious one, a child you died to save. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. Like you would again a hundred billion times. But what measure could amount to your desire? You're the one who never leaves the one behind. Thank you. If I ask you this morning, here I come again, how you feel. How do you feel today? You would, we have good. You, you only get one. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel? Blessed. Blessed. How do you feel? Well, y'all aren't very talkative. How do you feel today? Great. Great. Any answers here? Hungry. Hungry. There you go. We have a good, honest answer. <laughs> Alive. How do you feel today? Super. Super. Denny, anything you want to say? Wonderful. Somebody's happy back here. You, that, that's you. How do you feel? Great. Any answers? We have a thumbs up. That's a nonverbal thing. We got several of those today. How do you feel today? Thankful. That's a good one. Any answer? Alive. How do you feel? Good. Oh, your gators won. Stop it. <laughs> I knew he would get. Sonia, how do you feel today? Excited. Barbara? Blessed. Blessed. How do you feel today? Blessed. Blessed. Ladies? Lucky. Lucky. Thankful. How do you feel? Blessed. Blessed. Interesting. File those answers away because we're going to come back to that. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about salvation. And today I have what I think is a great point to make 
However, I have a really good chance of being misunderstood. So bear with me here. Uh, I believe what I'm going to talk about has helped my Christian walk as much as anything has helped my Christian walk. So let's pray that I'll be clear in what I believe is the most important lesson. Let's pray together. Lord, you speak to us today through your word, through your spirit. Help us to, well, get what I hope is a great, important truth. Father, help us to hang on to your truth. It is our prayer that all of us in here would know you. Let that be the case. And if not, let us run to you. And Father, if all of us in this room are Christians, we pray that we would be effective witnesses in this world that, well, this world that needs you. So Father, help us this day as we seek. Let us find in Jesus' name. Amen. I was nine years old when I was, became a believer. We called it being saved back then. We still call it being saved today, I think. I was baptized along with several dear friends right back there. There was, my father baptized me. There was a debate on how long he should hold me under. I won't get into <laughs> that. It's hard to believe that was 50 years ago. 50 years ago. A lot has happened in those five decades. I remain saved, and we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. Can you lose your salvation? We'll talk about that. Maybe five years or so after I came to Christ, after my baptism, there was a youth meeting, and it was down the hall in what we call the fellowship hall now. It was called the parlor back then. And... Tom Lowry, who was our minister of youth at the time, said during the meeting, if you're not sure that you're saved, stay after the meeting and we will talk. And everybody left the meeting. But me. So he's there and I'm there and Tom says, you need something? And I said, well, remember what you said. Uh, if, if you're not sure that you're saved, stay after the meeting and we'll talk. And he said, you? because I was the preacher's kid. I automatically should go straight to heaven because my daddy was a preacher. That's what I thought. So we sat and talked. And what I said to him was this. I said, Tom, there's some days I don't feel different. I don't feel connected. I don't feel, if I use the word saved, I don't know. Please don't misunderstand, uh, but over the past 50 years, I've felt the same way. There have been times when I don't feel any different. I've never doubted my salvation, but I've just had not much feeling. Let me share with you what Tom shared with me and that I've shared with people over the years, and it's changed my life. My salvation has nothing to do with the way that I feel. Nothing at all, period. My salvation has everything to do with what the Bible says. And my salvation has everything to do with the fact that Christ died for me. I don't have to feel a certain way. When I asked you this morning, how do you feel? None of you said saved. Saved. 
You know why you didn't? Because it's not contingent on the way that you feel. Let me use this example. Jeannie and I have an anniversary today. Today, we've been married 35 years and six months. You didn't know it was our anniversary today. She had no idea. <laughs> over, the, over the 35 years and six months, we've gone out. I've taken her out for special occasions on her anniversary. We uh, celebrated 10,000 days together. She had no idea it was 10,000 day anniversary. We had a one million second anniversary. She had no idea we'd been married a million seconds that day. But when you're a math nerd, and I am, you figure those kinds of things out. So today it's an easy one, 35 years and six months. So we've been married that long. What if I wake up tomorrow morning and I have the flu and the shingles and scarlet fever and a migraine and the measles? I hope not, but what if I wake up like that tomorrow? You think I'll feel married tomorrow if I wake up like that? Nope. I'll feel rotten. I might not feel like a husband, but will I still be married? My marriage to Jeannie has nothing to do, I want to be careful here, with my feelings. I have feelings for my wife, please understand. I do. But if I wake up tomorrow morning with the shingles and the swine flu and the migraine and the scarlet fever and the measles, will I still be saved? Yes. Nothing to do with my feelings. I learned this next verse. We're going to look at a section of scripture, but I learned the key component of this section as a young child in this place. We read from Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 16. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. Paul is telling this account. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God. They've come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and instantly it left her. Her master's hope of wealth were now shattered. He lost his fortune telling woman. So they grabbed Paul and Silas, dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city's in an uproar because of, uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. So a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. The officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. And then they were thrown to prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. The prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open. Chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open and he assumed the prisoners had escaped so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted him, stop, don't do it. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights, ran to the dungeon, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, brought them out and asked, sirs, what do I need to do to be saved? I need what you have. And they replied, verse 31, Acts 16, 31. I learned that one here. 
Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Along with everyone in your household. If they believe, they'll be saved. That puts it in a nutshell, doesn't it? That puts it in a way that I understood as a child. And sometimes we try to make it more confusing than it really is. But believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The question is asked and answered. How am I saved? You believe. There's nothing here, absolutely nothing about your feelings. Not one thing. Now don't get me wrong. And that's just where I have a chance of being misunderstood. I'm not a robot that has no feelings at all. There are times when I feel very close to God. There are times when, when his presence is so real and so close that in my life I've not been able to speak. Maybe you wish that would come right now. There have been times when that has happened. But me staying connected to God has nothing to do with me having a feeling every moment of every day. My relationship with God is not based on those feelings. So in Acts 16, we read about Paul healing somebody. And what did he get for doing that? He got beaten and thrown into jail. I wonder how he felt that day. Sometimes read about the life of Paul and wonder about his feelings. I'm going to do in a nutshell what happens through Acts a little bit. So in chapter 16, we read about he and Silas being beaten and thrown in prison In chapters 21 and 22, Paul is again beaten and jailed without good reason. In chapter 23, there's a plot to kill him. And he's rescued by Roman soldiers that get him out of town. In chapter 24, he remains in prison for no good reason. And he's there at least two years. I wonder how he felt. Two years. The saga continues in chapters 25 and 26. And finally, in chapter 27, Paul boards a ship, sets sail for a hearing in Rome. We pick it up there in chapter 27, verse 13. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor, sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly. And a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cauda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Sirtis, off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship, were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all the hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time, Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place, not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Even though the ship will go down, 
For last night an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before, beside me, said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will certainly stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God, it will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Don't you know at that instant all of the atheists became believers? Don't you know at that moment? I believe. About midnight, on the 14th night of the storm, two weeks, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors since land was near. They dropped a weighted line, found that water was 120 feet deep. A little later, they measured again. It was 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we'd soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. The sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officers and the soldiers, you'll all die unless your sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. There's some faith right there, isn't it? Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You've been so worried that you've not touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good. Not a hair on your head will perish. They took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke a piece of it and ate it. Maybe a Lord's Supper in the storm. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat, all 276 of us who were on board. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline. They saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors, let the, left them in the sea. They lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed towards the shore. They hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship struck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul so he didn't let them carry out the plan. He ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held onto planks or debris from the broken ship. So everyone escaped safely to shore. All 276. We don't know if Paul swam or if he held on to a piece of drifting wood. But we do know that they washed up on the island of Malta. I wonder how he felt. If you could ask Paul, how do you feel today? Would he say saved? What would he say? How could things be any worse? A prisoner, shipwrecked, wet, cold, it gets worse if you know the story. They start to build a fire, and Acts 28.3 tells us that, to get warm from the mess. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on a fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. Wonder how he felt now. What have I done wrong? What is happening in my life? What is going on? Has God left me? None of that. You know the answer. Paul's salvation was not based upon his feelings. It has everything to do with fact. So those 45 years ago when I had the conversation down the hall, 
has helped me so much over the years. I am saved, period. God loves me, period. Christ died for me, period. The Holy Spirit is with me, period. And the same is true for you if you're a believer in Christ. Paul wrote this about salvation in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 13. I want you to read this with me. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what the book says. And I believe the book. Today, you should know that you are saved. If you're not sure... Let's talk. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for that blessed assurance that we sing about. Jesus is ours. Thank you that you are our God and that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are saved, that our eternity is secure, and that we are heaven-bound. Father, if we are not sure, if we're dictated by feelings, help us to seek your word, to seek counsel, to seek the truth so we can know the truth. Father, thank you that you have told us that we can know the truth and the truth will set us free. Set us free from worry, set us free from doubt, set us free from wondering and let us celebrate the fact that we are yours. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. God bless you this week as you are secure in your faith.